What's up, guys? This is Nova, the elite athlete, and you're listening to Count It Out with Mike and Tyler. Well, we are live, pals, and welcome to another edition of Count It Out with Mike and Tyler. I am Tyler, drinking a White Claw tonight, and am I joined by Mojito Mike tonight? What's the gimmick tonight? I remember, I remember Buffalo. Oh, back on the hip, eh? I am, I am drinking my, my usual 100th Meridian. See, I love the fact that you're putting out uh, some hip stuff. Gord Downey's releasing a new album. Just want to put that out for the world. Yeah, I can't the wait to hear that. The world's a better place when Gord's around. Even even though he's left us, sadly, it makes me happy. But I don't think the people listening uh, are looking to talk about the tragedy hip. But one day you and I will do a sidebar on that. Promise. Oh, 100%. It'll probably be like a YouTube special or something like that. But we are going to do a, a top seven. Fuck. Top 70 yeah. <laughs> hip songs. No kidding. Let's just get drunk and listen to the hip. How about that? Exactly. That, that, that'll do. All right. Well, lots of stuff uh, going on here. I, I don't really want to get too much into everything um, news-wise this week because yeah, I think we got, think a, we got a lot to talk about on our list, right? Yeah, I think we're going to take a break on the news this week because, number one, both of us are kind of behind on the product, right? Yeah. All product. Uh, I haven't watched live wrestling in a few weeks. I'm going to be honest about that. I meant to watch Cost of the Champions. It's just, it's been such a busy, busy week for me. I just haven't got around to it. By the next time we record, we'll probably be able to talk about Clash a little bit because I'm hearing nothing but good things, especially about three matches. So, yeah, I, you know, let's talk real quick about it though, Mike. Uh, Roman Reigns finally debuting a new look. Have you had a chance to see any pictures of it? Did you see any That's footage of Roman? Yeah, I'm seeing pictures and I'm digging it. Definitely yeah, I did. do too. You know, if you're gonna change your character around like that, you gotta you gotta change your look up. I like that. I think they slowed yeah. his music down a little bit. I was reading, um, and they they didn't go too far with it. You know, they didn't make it ex- an extreme change. Um, he's still Roman Reigns. You know what I mean? But but they they kind of made him a little bit more badass, and and I like it. You know what? The 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 flak jacket thing worked for the Shield. It really did. I love that gimmick for them. But let's be honest. A guy like Roman Reigns, he worked hard on that fucking body. Let him fucking show it off. Absolutely. It's time for a change for Reigns. I, I like it. Uh, I'm a fan of what they're doing. Uh, SmackDown has been pretty good from what I've been keeping up on. At least I'm a little bit behind as well. I am so far behind on NXT, but that is actually what I want to talk about right now because there's a, there's a takeover pay-per-view this weekend. There is. Uh, we got TakeOver 31 coming up. Um, and just like you, I'm very behind on the product. Um, thank God for the, for, the, uh, for the network because, I, you know, when I have time, I think I'm just going to binge three, four weeks of NXT and instead of watching a TV show uh, to, to get caught up um, because what I'm seeing on paper looks goddamn good. Absolutely. Let's let's run down the card really quickly here and let me know what you think. You got Kyle O'Reilly stepping into the main event spot, which is nice, going up against uh, NXT champion Finn Balor. Those guys are going to tear the house down. 
They really are. Um, everybody knows how I feel about Balor. He's uh, he's the man as far as I'm concerned. And it didn't matter who you picked to come after Adam Cole from that stable to be the next guy to push. It didn't matter. They were all going to be good. Um, Kyle O'Reilly, I thought they would do Roderick Strong next. I really did. But I'm not not heartbroken about Kyle O'Reilly. I mean, O'Reilly's, compared to Roderick Strong, O'Reilly's an original uh, um, stable member, right? Uh, Where where Roderick came later. So it kind of makes sense for Kyle. Uh, I'm looking forward to this match big time. Uh, They're both extremely talented uh, uh, young men, um, though I am calling for a uh, Finn Balor retain. Oh, absolutely, but I don't think this match is about... Uh, I don't think anyone believes Kyle O'Reilly is going to win the match, and I don't think he should win the match. But let's not forget how talented Kyle O'Reilly is as a single competitor. He's been, you know, kind of chopped up in the tag team division since he yeah. got to NXT. This is a former Ring of Honor world champion. This guy can go, and I think this is going to be the coming out party, uh, and, and Kyle O'Reilly is going to put the, the world of NXT on notice coming out of this Sunday. 100%. Uh, also on the card, you've got uh, Damian Priest defending the North American title against Mr. Wrestling Johnny Gargano. Uh, what's your thoughts on Priest? Where are you at uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not sold yet, but I also haven't watched enough of his stuff. Like I, like we both said, we're, uh, we're both a little behind. Um, I, I haven't watched enough Damian Priest. Now, as far as I'm concerned, uh, Gargano really can't have a whole lot of bad matches like gargano doesn't have bad matches um unless you count take over from SummerSlam weekend like what was it two years ago <laughs> that that piece of shit match you had with champa um yeah, that was that was a rough one but that was, that was bad but other than that gargano doesn't have bad matches so if that means he has to carry this match for priest i think it happens um i'll, I'll watch the match i'm just not totally sold on priest yet i'm not saying he's bad I'm just saying maybe he needs support. I think it's safe to say if Shawn Michaels is Mr. WrestleMania, then Johnny Gargano is Mr. Takeover. 1,000%. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I Now, he's probably only number three of my favorite NXT guys of all time, uh, behind Finn Balor and Tommaso Ciampa. Um, however, when it comes to big stories, big matches... Uh, um, just, just you know, the top tier of NXT in those scenarios, you got to give it to Johnny. He's, I, I, I put Johnny Gargano's, yeah, I put his in ring work match. above everybody. It's Cena's big match, John, and Gargano's big match, Johnny. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, uh, I think this is a big uh, opportunity for Priest. You know, Priest's in ring stuff is solid, he always steps up and delivers, but this is like. This is the big time now, Priest. You're defending the title against Mr. Takeover at Takeover. He's going to have to bring his super A game to, to go with this one. 100%. Uh, women's title on the line as uh, Ido Shirai is going to defend against Candice LeRae. Kind of cool that Gargano and LeRae are both going for championships. I wouldn't mind seeing both of them take the belts, to be honest. I was thinking the exact same thing. I love Misumio Shirai. I really, really do. Yeah. But seeing Candice and Gianni hold titles at the end of that night, I think would tell a cool story. Um, I like what they're doing with Candace from what I'm reading anyways, uh, with the way they've been going with her character. So uh, her beating uh, Io Shirai, especially in some sort of dirty manner, 
will uh, will elevate, I think, both of them. Because uh, you can really push this story farther if Candace wins. And you know what? I don't think this might be the worst time ever for them to call up Io Shirai right now. Their women's division is missing pretty big key players. You know what I mean? You got Charlotte out on the shelf for a while. Becky's out on the shelf for a while. Asuka's doing a great job. Bailey, Sasha. But I think you could use maybe one more to help uh, carry that load. I think Io Shirai might be, might be a great call up to the main roster right now. Yeah, I can see them pulling up Io Shirai. Um, you know, not, not to be generalizing by race or anything like that, but I think she'd be a good um, filler for, for, you know, people that we've just lost, especially Carrie Sane. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you, you, you kind of need that diverse, that diversity refilled. Io Shirai would be a great uh, fill for that. And you, we have people in NXT that you know, like I'm going to put Candice LeRae in the exact same uh, category of um, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano, where I say they're, she's never going to leave NXT. I, I wouldn't be surprised she's if you're right never, on that. Mike. She's never going to the main roster. She is NXT for life, and I think she, I think that's how she wants it, uh, just like Johnny and Tommaso. Look at us uh, agreeing on everything tonight so far. Unbelievable, eh? Uh, we haven't hit the list yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, before we continue to run down this countdown, uh, the, the takeover card, we are counting down the top seven horror-themed gimmick matches tonight. So stick around for Mike's list. Uh, <laughs> trick or treat, everybody. It's Halloween season, right? Oh, it is. Um, as, we are, as we are recording this, it is officially October the 1st. That's right. So... Uh, so so it begins. This is our month of horror. The last match I want to talk about real quick here is I think one that is really flying under the radar. I just heard about it being announced a few days ago, and that is uh, the Velveteen Dream going up against Kushida. This is the match I'm looking forward to the most. I think that this is, uh, you know, I just talked about Kyle O'Reilly saying that this is going to be his coming out party. Kashida hasn't had that defining moment in NXT yet. His his run has really been underwhelming for me. Nothing well, that he's doing wrong. I just I don't think they put him in a spot to to show how good he really is yet. And I'm hoping I, that him and Dream get 20 minutes. I was a massive fan of Kashida in, in New Japan. Um, so and I haven't been fortunate enough to watch a lot of his stuff in New, in NXT. So I wasn't sure if he's being pushed the same way he was back in New Japan. So hopefully this is the start of something great for Kushida. Um, my hope, my dream is within a year uh, after the Mortar City, Mortar City Machine Guns do their thing in, uh, in Impact for a while, Alex Shelley maybe leaves Impact and comes to NXT and uh, reforms his tag team with Kushida, the time splitters. Well, they, they kind of did that already, right? Shelly had a cup of coffee there for the Dusty Rhodes tag team tournament this year. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Nice little, nice little tease there. Uh, it does look like, you know, Shelly's doing all right in Impact right now. I think they got a big four-way tag match at Bound for Glory yeah. coming up. Yeah, you don't cut that yet because the Motor Center Machine Guns are probably tied with beer money um for being the greatest tag team in impact history oh absolutely absolutely uh, america's most wanted you got america's one? most wanted would be up there as well yeah I'd, I'd go them i'd go machine guns and then i'd maybe go triple x after that speaking of which all right well we got, you got to throw lax into that uh into that conversation yeah, as well yeah absolutely absolutely the original lax um 
before we get to the list, let's talk about a, a little bit of a rumor. Um, we talked about this last week, I think, and you shot it down, but uh, rumor has it that James Storm was supposed to debut on Raw this week. Uh, he was supposed to debut on Raw the night after WrestleMania. Right, but, uh, but then now that he's a, uh, a free agent again, they were going to bring him back in. They were going to bring him in on Raw, and then he couldn't, apparently. Oh, really? I didn't hear that. I, I heard him do the interview where he said that uh, he was supposed to debut the night after WrestleMania. Um, you think James Storm is still heading to the WWE? Um, yeah, I think so. I think so, um, especially since they just put Bobby back on TV. Um, You're going to reform some beer money? I think so. Uh, I Then again, if you were going to do that, why would you bring back his... Uh, Rip Rube ripoff gimmick just to change it. So I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm leaning the other way. I don't think you're gonna see James Storm in WWE because I don't think he would come out and talk about this and he would have tried to keep the surprise. Yeah, yeah, you might be right. I think we eventually maybe not soon, but I think eventually we do see him. I, I hope so. James Storm's been everywhere. He's he's a hell of a talent. He's won championships everywhere he went. I, I'd like to see what, what he could do in the WWE. Well, I, I don't see him in the on the main roster, though. I think you put Bobby Roode back down to NXT and you team them up and down there. You're going to put them back together, right? Yeah. I don't see it. I don't think you take away that glorious gimmick. I love it. Um, I like it, too, but it's not going anywhere. And let's be honest, man. Beer money makes money. Uh, last question. I don't know if you've seen this or not, but they are teasing a return to NXT while we're on the topic of NXT. Uh, have you seen any of this? No. So they're, they have like a mystery guy. It's kind of been like surveillance footage. Uh, it looks like he's going to be making a return or a girl. Sorry, it could be either or. Uh, it looks like they're, they, they've been in NXT before. It looks like they're going to make a return to NXT at the TakeOver event. Um hmm. A lot of rumors were that it was going to be Bobby Roode because some of the images that you could see in the background was the takeover, I believe it was Dallas poster where Roode won the title from Shinsuke Nakamura. Mm -hmm. uh, with Roode coming back to Raw this week, a lot of people are saying it could be Ember Moon. Um, so something to keep an eye out going into the pay-per-view as well. Do you have any, so, any uh, theories? I don't. I, I thought it was going to be Bobby Roode, and then he showed up on Raw, so it kind of took me. It took me out of the my guesses out of the equation. Uh, but apparently, it's a former former champion, maybe or a former. It looks like it's a former champion that's coming back. To NXT. Say former champion, because that'll change my what I was about to say. I, I don't think they've come right out and said former champion. I, I don't know for sure. Uh, our listeners, I'm sure, can can correct me on this because uh, that's that's what happens on, on the internet. I'm but, just going to take a shot in the dark then. I'm going to go with Bo Dallas. Yeah, and uh, that was one of the names that was rumored as well. And I'd be okay with that if they can get behind Bo again. Me too. I want a Bo leave, baby. Absolutely. Um, before we move into your list here, Mike, I just want to say thank you to everybody. We have uh, officially hit 1,000 total views since we've started. Uh, I'm very proud about that. I'm sure you are. Me too. Well. Uh, so thank you for all the support, guys. We, we really appreciate it. We got lots we, of cool stuff coming up. Um, we have, I think the number was 36 regular listeners. Yeah, which, I believe so. Uh, I believe so, which is know, great, you know, we're, we're, for, we're for what we do. The number doesn't sound big, but at the same time, man, everything has to start from somewhere. 
Well, we've only been going. We've only been going for six months. It, it, you know, it, it can only grow from here. And and we just hope you guys are enjoying everything uh, as much as we're enjoying doing this. Uh, you know, this is something I want to do for many many years of my life. Uh, I'm having the time of my life doing this with you, man. I wish you were a little bit cooler, but uh, that you know, beggars can't be choosers, right? Uh, I, I just wish you had better taste in wrestling. Oh fuck. Here we go. I can't wait to rip your list apart this week. Uh, we got we got a lot of cool stuff coming up, though. Stick around for the a big announcement that we're going to drop in a couple of weeks. Um, also, you and I are going to find some time to sit down in the next week or two. I put together a hell of a tribute video to uh, yes. Road Warrior Animal slash the Road Warriors. It took me forever to do. Copywriting's a son of a bitch, but you and I are going to sit down for 50 minutes, and we're going to talk Road Warriors on our YouTube page for a, a watch-along. Like, I'm I'm super looking forward to that. Yeah, uh, it's really cool. And I want to put this out here on air, and I don't know how you feel about this, and maybe I'll, I'll throw to Jay on this one if you're not down for it. But it's also Jerry Lawler's 50th anniversary in the wrestling business. Yeah, no, we're, we've been talking for weeks about doing something for this, but I look forward to that. Well, I'm thinking maybe I'll put together about, a, about five or six of his matches from Memphis, and we do a, a, a second big watch-along on our YouTube about that. I'm down. Our, uh, are we are we gonna forget Andy Kaufman again? No, I got I got Kaufman on there now. Whether or not the the WWE copywriting, which uh, made me pull yeah. my hair out for the last week and a half trying to upload this Road Warrior video, will allow me to do things. But uh, it, it's gonna be cool, man. I got some real deep cuts for the Road Warriors to dive into. I can't wait to sit down and do that. So stick around for our, our YouTube page for that. And uh, we got another big surprise that we're gonna announce in a couple of weeks for our YouTube exclusive as well. Yeah. Yes, we do. We're going to hold on to that, right? Absolutely. We're going to sit on that one for a bit, make you guys wait on it. But what we are not going to make you guys wait for anymore, without further ado, Mike, we are going to count down the top seven. Um, how how do you want to word this one? What How do we word this one? I say, we'll, I'll let you decide what you want to call it when it comes to uh, to putting it online. But I'm, I, instead, of, instead of me giving it a title, I'm just going to give you the criteria of how what it took to get on my list. And then you can decide what you want to call it from there. Okay. Here, here's the thing. To get on this list, if either the build or the gimmick... Or the match itself uh, with the psychology and or the violence in the match. If any of those things led the match to feel like something that came right out of a horror movie, then it qualified for the list. All right. So how about we go like this? Does that make sense? How about we go like this then? Without further ado, everybody, we are going to throw it to the top seven horror themed wrestling matches. There you go. You like that or theme? Exactly. So, right. like I said, it had to be. It has to at least have one of those qualities to it. If it has all three, then it has the potential to move up higher on the list. And if it uh, is also a good match, it has the potential to be at the top of the list. So that's, uh, that's what I want to kind of dig in a little bit. Gonna, so, it's so not matches are great matches. I'm going to be honest with you. Yes, yeah. but. They fit all the qualities of a horror match, and some of them are important enough to talk about. So, we'll uh, we'll get into them. There's going to be a lot of. I'm going to be honest with you, man. My my honorable mention list is fucking huge. So okay. I'm going to speed through that later. 
Absolutely. And this is the kickoff, guys. It is October. We are going to do a whole month based around Halloween. So we got a lot of cool stuff planned for you guys. I'm going to grab a White Claw right now, Mike. I'm going to crack it open. You hit me with the number seven. Well, if we're talking about Halloween, we got to start with Halloween. And we're talking about Halloween Havoc 1991. The opening match, we're looking at El Gigante, Sting and the Steiners versus... Abdul the Butcher, the Diamond Stud, Scott Hall, and Cactus Jack. Oh, and Vader, sorry. And Vader, and, yeah. And, I was going to say someone. Yeah, and a in a Chamber of Horrors match. Okay. Now, I told you not all these matches were great matches. <laughs> well, now, listen, though. I was going to say, if this match wasn't at least on your list, then we might as well just scrap it. You know what I mean? This has to be on your list. Yes. Um, there was never a question whether or not it was going to be on my list. It moved spaces on my list several times. It went between seven and four, back and forth and back and forth. Uh, you know, uh, seven, six, five, four. It had all those spots at, at different points in, during the list. Um, hopefully I'll justify it being at seven throughout the list with the other things I've chose. Yeah. Uh, but um it was there was never a question whether or not it was going to be on the list because you know if you you're if we're going to talk about horror themed gimmicks <laughs> you have to talk about this doesn't mean it's good but it's yes it's silly it's 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 pure wcw 1991 well and let's break it down even deeper than that mike the pay-per-view is halloween havoc and if i'm not Wait. mistaken was this the first? No, it wasn't the first Halloween Havoc. No, the first one was 89. This was 91. Right. Okay. So this is the third Halloween Havoc. Yeah. And uh, wow. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Where do you want to start with this? fucking weird. Let's break down. <laughs> uh, do you want to break down now? Do you want to break down or do you want me to break down how break down this match? Rules. What, what were the rules to this match? So this so match was held in a Thunderdome cage, which is uh, it's basically like a, a cheap version of Hell in a Cell with no roof. But you can walk around the outside of the ring. They had the big bars, not the blue bars, but like big bars similar to the big blue bars cage. Yeah. Um, you had all the guys in the ring at the same time. They fought for a little bit of time. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of the match, a giant electric chair got dropped into the middle of the ring. And you could only win by electrocuting your opponent. You heard that right, folks. <laughs> you have to put your opponent into an electric chair and electrocute them to win this match. <laughs> now, as silly as that sounds and as silly as the finish of the match was and everything... The funny thing is, I'd still say it was better than that fucking piece of shit electrocution match that they did with the Dudley Boys. Oh, that was the worst. Was that the <laughs> one where the crowd chanted Fire Russo? Yeah. <laughs> oh. But uh, yeah, so the, the you know the match itself was just weird and 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 like I said, it wasn't a great match, but it was what it was. It it served its purpose, and of course, it, it ended with um, Abdullah the Butcher getting. Putting that uh, in that electric chair. So let's take a look, though. Like, take a look at some of the names that were in this match. You know, run that down one more time, a little bit slower for everybody, Mike. 
All right. So you had El Gigante, who um, for WWE. I love that you call him El Gigante. It's Elegante. I've been calling him that for years. <laughs> I know. I'm going to throw this out here as an inside joke for uh, Danny Franchise, but uh, he just fed on. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you. He just tugboated him, buddy. Uh, um. Anyways, uh, for the WWF fans out there, he's formerly known as uh, Giant Gonzalez. Um, also, uh, so his partners were Sting and the Steiner brothers. Then you have Abdullah the Butcher, who I'm going to be honest with you, man. This is the only WCW match that I know of his. Oh, no, be- you missed out. He had a great little tag team run with, uh, with Cactus Jack. I've been watching I, a I lot know, of WCW. I've got to watch more of his stuff in WCW. It's fun, uh, man. I, his partners, of course, the Diamond Stud, um, known in WWF as Scott Hall and uh, Razor Ramon. Hey, yo. Uh, and then uh, the other partners are Cactus Jack and Big Van Vader. Absolutely. And you got the Steiner Brothers so in there as let's, well. With let's, let's, let's count down here, dude. You have one, two, three, four Hall, uh, WWF Hall of Famers. Vader, who is a should-be Hall of Famer. Absolutely. The, the Steiners should be Hall of Famers. 100%. And, and then El Guy, fucking him. So, Dante, who is a Hall of Famer of uh, the hair, hair body suits. Yeah, no shit. So here's so, my beef. I'm going to tell you something here, Mike. Now, I, I, I want to read this off to you, okay? This is the rest of the match card for Halloween Havoc 1991. Big Josh and PN News defeating the Creatures. Bobby Eaton defeating Terrence Taylor. Johnny B. Bad defeating Jimmy Garvin. Steve Austin versus Dustin Rose. Bill Casmir uh, beating Oz, who is Kevin Nash. Van Hammer defeating Doug Summers. Brian Pillman defeating uh, Richard Morton, who was with uh, the York Foundation at the time. The Halloween Phantom, who was a debuting... Like, like, like Like Ricky Morton? Yeah, Ricky Morton turned heel and was Richard Morton. Oh, shit, I don't remember that. Uh, the Halloween Phantom, who ended up being Rick Rude, defeating Tom Zink in one minute. The Enforcers, who are Arn Anderson, Larry Zavisco, defeating the Patriots, who is Todd Champagne and Firebreaker Chip. And the main event was Lex Luger against Ron Simmons. Why fuck would you put all of your best wrestlers in one fucking match and then put that card out the rest of the way until the main event? In the, in the open! Like, you know what I mean? Like, like you know, going- the, the, I, I get it. Maybe they're like, okay, it's going to take some some time to put this fucking thing together. So we we have to open with it. Okay, I kind of get that. But just like you said, it doesn't make sense to put your top fucking guys. Sting, the Steiners, Abdullah, Cactus Jack, Vader. You have all these guys, your biggest fucking stars. And then you're going to come back with the next match being Big Josh and PN News against the Creatures. Yeah. Come on, WCW. Fucking get it together, yeah. man. There, there, was nothing, there was nothing worth watching again until the main event. So something that's really funny about this match is um, the way to win this match, we said you have to put your opponent in an electric chair. Uh, the switch was like you had to climb up the cage in the corner and, and flick this switch. It had the, you know, the old school, like, like, horror movie switch you know what i mean like yeah. the big fucking one but the fucking yeah. switch kept falling during the whole match <laughs> <laughs> uh the finish of the match this was just a, a brawl you know it wasn't a great match you know everyone was kind of busted open here and there and the finish of the match came with uh 
Rick Steiner was sitting in the chair. Abdullah was choking him out. Cactus Jack climbed up to flip the switch. What was already down, he had to lift it back up to flip it, which was hilarious. And uh, <laughs> he was showboating to the crowd, doing the bang, bang. Rick Steiner hits a belly-to-belly suplex on Abdullah. Uh, Cactus is not looking, flips the switch. And Abdullah the Butcher gets fried, uh, selling it like a maniac. I remember seeing these pictures in the magazines when I was a kid. I was just about to say, I did not watch. I I ended up seeing this on one of the aftermags. Yeah, that's where I saw it, too. Yeah. And and, and I remember being like, what what the fuck am I seeing here? Like, what the hell is happening? I I was like, who the fuck is dead? Like, what the hell is going on? Ever since then, I've been terrified of a duel of the butcher. <laughs> and no, they, I, I, I remember, and I looked forward to this every year. Um, like, I, I, whenever I could find a, a PWI magazine or any of the after mags, I would get my hands on them. That'd be great. But every single year, my uh, my uncle always bought me the PWI uh, uh, yearly almanac. Oh, that was I love that thing. I've got two of them sitting in my spare room I, right now. I hate my my former self because if I if I could go back in time and yell at myself as a kid, I'd be like, keep the motherfucker. But that's how I discovered a lot of wrestlers um, that weren't WWF. I became a big Art Bar fan. I went, I, I you know, back in the, the the tape training days, I looked for fans to tape, to trade tapes with to get stuff like 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 stuff from Mexico and stuff like that because I was a huge Art Bar fan. But that's how I discovered what was going on in WCW because we didn't get WCW on our local TV until the, I'd say the Monday Night Wars. Uh, that PWI <laughs> almanac that you're talking about, by the way, Mike, that might as well be my Bible of life. The amount of yeah. knowledge that I soaked into my brain. I can't remember what I did yesterday, but I can remember almost every page of every one of those almanacs, man. They were. Do they still do those? I don't think so, but I, no. I will. I will show you, Mike. Uh, I I do have about two or three of them in my spare room, and I pull them out for research on our show. Believe it or not, I I totally believe it because the they were well written, well put together. Uh, the last point I want to make about this match is uh, I don't know what they were like these kind of like ghostly like creatures that were trying to stretcher Abdullah out of the match, and Abdullah <laughs> just popped up and beat the shit out of them and ran away like yeah. a crazy man. It was silly. Yeah. Yeah, but this yeah, match has to be on your list, and and I'm fighting back and forth between uh, uh, the picture of Abdul the butcher in the electric chair and another picture, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, so I won't spoil it now. To be our uh, show picture, whatever bullshit that I do. <laughs> All right, I think we've pretty much covered everything we can cover on the Chambers of Horror, Mike. Hit me up with your number six. All right, we're 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 gonna stick with WCW, and uh, let me tell you, man, uh, hell has frozen over because for the first and probably last time, I am adding a WCW 2000 match to my list. WCW was around in 2000. <laughs> not, not not any other week on this show except for this week. Jesus. Uh, we're going to the Great American Bash of 2000, and we're talking Sting versus Vampiro in a Human Torch match. Okay, you know what? I'm down with this, actually. And I, I can't believe I'm saying that, because as anyone who ever listens to this show knows, I do not do WCW 2000. 
Neither do I, but this match needs to be talked about. And I'm not going to lie to you. I don't hate this match. Okay, I have not watched this match ever. I have seen the famous clip. So run me through what's going on here, Mike. Yeah, let's let's run down let's run down the uh, the concept of this match. All right. So this match um, I think is very much inspired by the Inferno match that WWF had been doing for a couple of years at this point. But rather than engulfing the 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 ring in flames, the object was to Find some way to set your opponent on fire. I think that's all they had to do. Um, the match started very interestingly because right away Sting appears at the top of the big screen and says, are you afraid of heights? Because I'm not. If you're a man, you'll come up here and start this match up here. I can just pick, I love Sting and I'm a huge Sting fan, but he's a cheesy actor. So I, oh, I can yeah. just picture how bad this is already. So the match started up there. It, it got downstairs. They, they fought all over the place. They teased a lot of, uh, the, you know, Vampiro brought out a couple of gas cans. You know, there's a lot of teases. But the, uh, <laughs> the finish um, was pretty great. They, they got back up to that screen. And uh, after a while, it was Sting who got set on fire and thrown off the, the, the big Tron, uh, which is probably the famous scene you were just alluding to. Uh, I, I watched that scene countless times when I was younger and thought it was super cool. Uh, upon rewatching it, you know, the last couple of years or so, going. <laughs> I like I said, I hate a lot of WCW 2000. This is probably the best of the worst. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? As far this as I'm concerned, WCW ended at about uh, March of 1999. <laughs> um, was that before or after your uh, well, you watching Vampiro live at a WCW pay per view? Okay, I I hung around a bit. I I, I did go to uh, yeah. You know what? Let me tell you a story about Vampiro. Let, let's <laughs> talk about Vampiro really yeah. quick. Here, okay. Yeah. Well, Vampiro, okay. You and Vampiro, you and I had talked. You and I talked off air uh, about this, how Vampiro needs to be talked about if you're talking horror matches, right? Well, absolutely. Like, just take a look at the guy. He sums up exactly the theme of the month that we're talking about. And I mm -hmm. wish that we could, you know, fit in a, a best of Vampiro list. Uh, it just wasn't in the cards for this month. Maybe next year, because I think we're going to keep doing this, Mike. Um, oh, yeah. But I do have a very personal story that is a horror-related story involving Vampiro. <laughs> Please, go ahead. So, Vampiro was... Uh, you, you recently posted a picture on our, our Facebook of, of me at WCW Mayhem pay-per-view event. Right? I can't believe I watched that show to find you. By the I way, I can't believe you just didn't ask me where I was. I would have told you, which it makes it <laughs> all I knew. All I knew is that you were front row at that pay per view. So I watched almost the whole fucking pay per view looking for you. So the the picture that you posted of that event, Mike, my my shining moment, my close up, Mister Deville, I'm ready for my close up. That match was Vampiro versus Berlin in a dog collar match. 
And that match, my friend, was a fucking horror to watch. Let me tell you. <laughs> that match might be on my top seven horror matches of all time. Because I mean, it did it did get you inches away from, from punk icon Jerry only. I will tell you a little sidebar story. The uh, hockey tape that they used to tie Jerry only up on the guardrail, I did steal. And I, I had in my possession <laughs> until I realized that. Really about Dude, has, there ever been, has there ever been a show or concert or anything entertainment-wise that you haven't fucking robbed somebody? Buddy, I'm the king of getting sadness at concerts. Uh, yeah. But I, I did throw the tape out because I thought this is really fucking stupid, even by my standards. No, I wish you kept it. I, you know what? Looking back, hindsight, I wish I did now. Just I, years I later, if you ever got a chance to either to meet either Vampiro or Jerry Only, you could have got a sign. Absolutely right. I'm sure that would be worth a fucking fortune. I could retire off that. <laughs> Fuck it. Go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I might just go to the dollar store tomorrow and buy a roll of hockey tape and just say I still have just it. Just that's the yeah, that's it. <laughs> Oh just fuck! Feel beat up and make it look like it's you know twenty years old. Only you and I can find joy in WCW two thousand, and we just found it. Yeah, it's the only time I'll speak kindly of that fucking era of uh, of WCW. Mayhem ninety nine is a fond point for me. So okay, WCW died for me in November of ninety nine. Official. All right, All right, let's move. Let's move wait, on. Wait, wait. Before you move on, just just hit the high spot. Sting Sting takes the big fall off the Titan Tron. Or fakes the 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 stunt coordinator guy. He <laughs> fell probably what fifty feet. Okay, at least 35, 40, Yeah, it looked it looked really cool. It was crazy how Sting gained thirty pounds in about twenty seconds. But <laughs> yeah, it was not done very seamlessly. I don't know like, if I've ever said this before on air, but fuck you, WCW 2000. <laughs> we, one of these days, you and I are going to be really mad at the other one, and we're just going to give them a fucking 2000 list. I'll tell you, the day that you give me a WCW 2000 list is the day that I start a podcast with Jay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, I'm just kidding, but I'll be, hey, really, mad, I'll be really mad at you. Tyrone, uh, um, I'm going to fucking give you my number, bud. <laughs> I might need a new partner in a few weeks. You guys, you guys will pick up on that in about two weeks when we make Yeah, you will. All right, moving on, because now we're, we're letting the cat out of the bag on too many things. Let's get, give me your number five. You notice how I picked Tyrone over Danny Franchise? Yeah, fuck you, Danny Franchise. You just, you just <laughs> Danny Franchise up any podcast. Exactly. For those of you that didn't listen to our SummerSlam show, that means fuck it up. <laughs> my number five. My number five is a weird one, and I know this is going to go over your head. Uh, you're, you're not going to understand this much, so I'm going to really carry it on this one. Um, but this one is not so much a match per se as it is a cinematic, uh, very large cinematic segment. Okay. But the reason the reason I justify it working and being able to make a list, if we can call the Firefly Funhouse match from WrestleMania 36 a match, then we can call this a match. Okay. okay. So this comes from Impact 
um, not only the company impact, but the show impact uh, of March 29th, 2019. And this is where Rosemary and Allie go into the undead realm to retrieve Allie's soul, and Allie gets murdered by Sue Young. Okay. I, I read about this. I've never watched it. So it, it you got to take the lead on this one, man. It is a crazy, strange, campy, gimmicky, weird fucking thing, but it's captivating. It's one of the best cinematic things I've seen in wrestling. It's uh, it's it's scary. It's cool. Uh, they bring in some really cool people to to be part of it. James Mitchell is in there. Love me some James um, Mitchell. The ruler of the. Um, Undead Realm is Kevin Sullivan himself. The Taskmaster. It is phenomenally done. It is just like watching a um, B-horror movie. Um, right down to Ali's... Excuse me. Right down to Ali's death scene. Um, Sue Young puts on this like Freddy Krueger kind of glove, with, like you know, with like like the knife fingers. Yeah, and she goes to attack Rosemary. Allie gets in the way to protect Rosemary and takes these fucking knife fingers right to the throat. Okay, and lays there and dies. Now she came back as like um, a zombie gimmick kind of, she, yes, right, like a dead like her and her and Sue were a team yes now is um, is sue young also and, and and i'm mixing up my impact a little bit here so i i don't know if this is rosemary sue young friend of the show nova was she a zombie uh, for sue young so rosemary uh, sue young is known as the undead bride yes sue young comes out with a um group of undead bridesmaids uh, and one of the Undead Bridesmaids at one point was friend of the show, Nova. Absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. And you guys can head over to our YouTube page to hear the story of Nova talking about that. Uh, and I found the clip and I've spliced it all together. So if anybody is listening and hasn't seen this angle, um, I did find a really cool um, uh, thing on YouTube where, where it shows the whole angle in like a 12, 15 minute clip. I'll, uh, if anybody's interested, let us know and I'll put it up on our Facebook page. You know what? I'm interested. Put it up. I want to see it. Okay. I will do that. Um, I very, moving on to my number four. We're going back to a buddy of ours named Ben Piro. Hey. Yes, sir. Ben Piro. Dog collar match from May 99. <laughs> 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 can you, how many times do you think Berlin will ever make a list on this show? He just made it twice, buddy. That's the best. That's the best of Berlin, right there. We just hit it. We are going to Ultima Lucha One, the season finale of Lucha Underground. What a great call! This is the Cer the Cerro Merido match between Pentagon Junior and Vampiro. Let me tell you something, Mike. I, I fucking love. I'm really fucking impressed right now. And you know I hate putting you over. I know that. I'm really impressed right now. This match, man, was one of my favorite matches of 2015. It's, 
if not my favorite match of that year. It was just phenomenal. It had everything. They they built this 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 story all year long, all year long, all season long on this show of Pentagon Junior speaking to this master of his, and you never knew who the master was. And every week he'd come out and he would break somebody's arm. And finally, Vampiro, who was nothing but a commentator on this show, had enough. And he stuck up. I can't remember who it was. It was a female. I think it might have been. Um, star, was, I think. was it? I think it was Sexy Star, maybe. Or it might have been. Star. It would be one of the two. It would be Eva Lease or Sexy Star. Okay. For some reason, I felt like it was Melissa Santos. But you, again, yeah, you, you could be right. So but, but he, he, finally, Vampiro said, enough is enough. I have to step in. And uh, he got um, challenged by, by uh, Pentagon to having a match at, uh, at Ultimate Lucha. Ultimate Lucha, rather. So one of the coolest moments of Lucha Underground is when he accepted the challenge and he says, you're not going to fight Ian Hodgkiss. You're going to fight Vampiro. And the crowd popped. All right. Amazing. Let's talk a little bit about Lucha Underground and especially the first couple seasons. Yeah. Lucha Underground's fucking awesome, man. Vampiro and Mad Striker were great on commentary and they add a lot to the product. Thank you so much for saying that. I've had discussions with other people and, and other people are like, oh, I fucking hate Mad Striker. Yeah, because, well, you know what? Let's be fair. Let's call a spade a spade. Mad Striker's work in the WWE was. Yeah. It was good sometimes. It was really shit sometimes. But you put him in an environment where you let him do his thing, you put him with somebody like Vampiro, they were amazing together. The second thing I want to talk about Lucha Underground is I want to talk about just the overall appearance of it. The temple mm-hmm. was a great, uh, the visuals were great. Um, they they really don't get the credit for the cinematic stuff either. I know Matt Hardy takes a lot of the credit for that, uh, and rightfully so. However, Lucha Underground kind of set the bar for cinematic. I mean, number one, the show was produced by you know, a great director in Robert Rodriguez. Okay, so for those who are not familiar with Rodriguez's work, he did he directed films like From Dusk Till Dawn. Great movie. All right, you know, he did Desperado. He, you know, though you could see that influence in Lucha Underground. Uh, and the show is really the brainchild of both Rodriguez and Krista Joseph, better um, known as Big Dick Johnson from the WWE. Also known as uh, the big fat guy on Big Brother every year that I love watching. Uh-huh. As I pointed out there, I love Big Brother. Krista Joseph is one of the producers on Big Brother. I had no idea. He's like, uh, he's on there every year. He's always plays this annoying character that has to ridicule house guests for a day. He's really fucking entertaining, man. I do love me for some Chris Joseph, but uh, I had no idea he had anything to do with Big Brother. That's funny. Yeah, he does a lot more than Big Fat Oily Guy. <laughs> well, he he worked one of the great, uh, you know, one of the greatest wrestling promotions of our of our generation, and that's Lucha Underground. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we're going to talk about this one day. We're going to bring my buddy Adam on to talk about this one day. But Lucha Underground, to me, though, could only happen if one other thing happened. And again, we're going to talk about Vampiro. Are you familiar with Wrestling Society X? I haven't watched a lot of it, but I know like, I've read about it. I've watched some of it. A uh, lot of lot of big stars in there too. So fucking good. It only lasted one season. It was on MTV. Vampiro was one was a producer and a uh, and one of the head bookers, and it was just fucking phenomenal. And to and me, very young Seth was Rollins was on there. Yes, he was. You know, you know what my favorite gimmick Not on that whole thing was though. You know my favorite yeah. gimmick on that show was? What? Cole Cabana as Matt Classics. Right? So good. If you guys have never seen Matt Classics, uh, Cole Cabana working as Matt Classics, oh, fuck, boys. Get get on it. Get on there. That, that, to me, though, Wrestling Society X was really the predecessor to Lucha Underground. Very fair. Very fair. Um, so anyways, uh, getting back to task, uh, this 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 story was being told with uh, Vampiro and, and uh, Pentagon. It leads to this match at uh, at Ultima Lucha, and they go hard. Now, tip your cap yeah. to Vampiro here, because let, let's be real. Pentagon is one of the best wrestlers in the world right now. And oh, back no, in 2015, this was you said. Uh, yeah, I, I think it was 15. Yeah. He, he's he's really carving a name for himself. He he's one of the best going right now. Mm-hmm. Vampiro has not been active for a long time. He's been injury prone. You know, he did some stuff in Mexico with Conan around this time. They rekindled the feud, but Vampiro stepped up to the plate and he had a fucking hell of a match. And let's start with the entrance alone, okay? He comes to the mat. He comes to the ring dressed like this dark pope. He's got this like big bishop's hat on and he's got these like ceremonial uh, fucking robes on and he's doing this cool gothic fucking thing with his hands. Oh man, what an amazing fucking entrance. Just a, like they haven't even gotten in the ring yet and I'm already sold. And then I didn't think Vampiro could go as hard as he did in this match at his age and at his level after being retired. But fuck, did he go? And they brought everything up. It was white tubes, fire, you name it, it fucking happened. Oh, man. I, I, they did everything. And, and my favorite thing that, that Pentagon does in this match and, and that he did in Lucha Underground at the time, I love that arm break spot. What a great spot that was. It really fit his character. Um, and the fact that he did it all the time what what was phenomenal it was, it was used so well absolutely man absolutely uh i want to get into some deep dive lucha underground stuff with you eventually that i think we're going to we're, we're going to have to have a list of just lucha because this honestly this ma- this list could have been just lucha stuff i love if the fact talk, that we we're talking so about far- Absolutely. And you know what? I love the fact that so far uh, we're doing a Halloween list. We've got the electric chamber going. We've got people set on fire. I'm seeing Vampiro everywhere. Mike, give me your next one. I, I need to know. Well, believe it or not, and I'm sure you're going to believe it, with uh, my number three, we're sticking with Lucha Underground. And it's uh, 
This time it's not from their uh, Ultima Lucha. It's just from a regular episode um, that aired on March of 18th, uh, March 18th of 15. And it's Marin Mertes versus Phoenix in what they called a Grave Consequences match. It. Um, this is basically a casket match. Excuse me. Gassy from the beer. Um, a Grave Consequences match was basically just a casket match. However, the theatrics behind it, there was so much going on. It was a great story going in. Milmertes was built as this unstoppable dark character. He was like the 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 Latino Undertaker, but even more indestructible if that's possible. And then Phoenix was just Phoenix was the the ultimate underdog you know um phoenix was built as probably the biggest face in the company other than maybe prince puma of so 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 to have mil mertes undeniably the biggest heel in the company versus phoenix in this grave consequences match was amazing and like i said the theatrics behind it really pushed it before the match even gets started, you have all these like people coming out dressed like the Day of the Dead, uh, uh, the, the the famous Mexican uh, uh, festival, and they're 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 walking out with the casket and doing all this stuff, and it's just it's beautiful. It's it's everything you need to see in this match before it even begins, and then of course they they go. It's an incredibly um, physical physical match that uh, phoenix actually ends up winning is this um okay now refresh my memory because these guys have had a couple classic matches they is, have. This, is this the one where Murte power bombs him through the the um it's like the roof of a building kind of I'm not, I'm gonna I'm gonna plead the fifth on this one because you're right. I I might be mixing up matches and I don't know. They have had a bunch of different very good matches. Mil Merte, I got to talk about these guys for a bit because again, I want to give praise to Lucha Underground, man. Lucha Underground, the first two three seasons especially, they really changed the game. I really wish that they had a bigger audience. And if you guys have never checked out Lucha Underground. I would highly recommend watching it from start to finish because the storytelling alone in Lucha Underground is fucking fantastic. And um, you'll see everybody you want to see from legends like Rey Mysterio and Chavo yeah. Guerrero to guys that you don't even know that you're watching right now. You don't know we're on there. You like Ricochet? Well, yeah. he was known as Prince Puma back in uh, Lucha Underground. Absolutely. You know, you like you like uh, uh, the the Lucha Brothers. They were there, both doing uh, their their solo things. This is where uh, I heard about these guys, man. And too. Ray Phoenix is he was that he was that underdog babyface, and Mil Merte was this huge monster. And you said it perfect, Mike. He was like a new school Undertaker. hundred percent. He, you know, he didn't need to talk. He had, especially those first two seasons when he had, um, I'm drawing a blank. I can't remember what the, uh, the girl's name was, but he had that, that female manager. Yeah. She was in WWE for a bit. Um, Joy Giovanni. Was it Joy Giovanni in the WWE? Was that her? 
No, I don't know. I, I can't I, remember. I, even, I, I can't remember her name, but yeah, she was fantastic. And she was like, amazing. And I know Rob's going to yell at us for this. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. But we deserve it. I, I should know who this is. Um, but man, she was fantastic in that role, and she'd always do the kiss of death after. Um, can, can, can we just do a shout out to if we're talking about lucha? Let's do a quick shout out to Dario Quintes. Oh man, the greatest yeah. characters of the last twenty years of professional wrestling. No, absolutely. And and did you know he had no background in wrestling? He was a uh, he was, he, was actor. A actor. he was a soap actor in Mexico. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and but but Rodriguez and uh, and uh, the Joseph they knew how to utilize these guys, and it worked so well, so well. Uh, Mil Mertes too also had a run in TNA. Did you know that? I did not. Who who did he wrestle as? He was I can't remember the guy, his last name, but he James Mitchell brought him in and he had a feud with Abyss. He was Judas. Uh, Oh, was okay. Yeah, he, he was I didn't know that was Mel Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, also, we discussed last week um, the uh, brother of uh, Dario Quintes in this in this show was played by Jeff Cobb. Yeah, that's right. Um, what was his name? And, and what that's was his why name? I said brother of Dario Quintes because I can't remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> we suck. We suck. We're, we're sitting here. It's, it's been a long. It's been a long time. Since I watched it, I went to rewatch it not long ago because it's on. Um, it used to be on an app called Tubi, but from for some reason they took it off the Canadian version of Tubi. So, yeah, uh, I'm looking it up right now. They called her uh, Katarina was her name. Katarina, that was it. Yeah, uh, and I don't know her WWE name. Uh, Levian, no, yeah. I don't think she was ever on the main roster. I don't think she was either. I think she was. In, I think she was in development. Yeah, Katrina. But my God, does she ever do a great job? And you know, shame on me. I, I'm not too prepped on this one. Uh, I, I was. I'm flying by the seat of my pants tonight, guys. I do apologize, but uh, please check this out. Lucha Underground was great. Uh, you want to see a classic uh, white meat baby face fighting an, an unstoppable monster? Ray Phoenix selling in this match. Uh, this is an incredible match. Please check it out. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I had to fight between this match and another. Um, I'm going to spoil one of my honorable mentions for you. Okay. One of my honorable mentions was another Grave Consequences match. Except it was between Mil Mertes, Phoenix, and Jeremiah Crane. Ooh. Do you know who Jeremiah Crane is? I do not. He would go on to be known as Sammy Callahan. Wow. Okay. Yeah, he had a he had a cup of coffee in Lucha Underground. I forgot about that. He he did, and uh, their match just falls a little bit short um, of, of this match, which is why I decided to go for this one and not that one. You know, I'm not going to lie to you, Mike. I was a little skeptical when when we came up with this list. Uh, I I couldn't think of a lot of matches for it, and I'm really glad that we're going to put some shine on Lucha Underground today because, like I said. Please check it out if you haven't. It is we well worth it. Lucha. We don't talk about the, uh, enough about Lucha on this show, and we're going to remedy that in the future for sure. Well, absolutely. You know, and and uh, if you want to talk about storytelling, this is where you got to go, man. Lucha Underground, they tell great stories, their character development, their in-ring product. Uh, give it a shot if you're on the fence on it. If you've never heard about it, try it out. 
they they've really found a way to cater that lucha style, which is a little bit awkward. Let's be real for us in North America here. It's tough to follow actual lucha libre, but they found a way to channel that and Americanize it a little bit, and they do so, a, a fantastic job. They really do, and and you know I, I've given a lot of credit to uh, Rodriguez and to um, uh, uh, to, to Joseph, but let's talk about some of the heroes behind the scenes as well, uh, guys who really helped along the, this company. One being Vampiro, absolutely. Um, Vampiro at the time was the uh, the head of AAA. So uh, uh, he used his connections there to really help out uh, Lucha. Um, also, uh, Conan had a lot to do with the backstage stuff. Yeah, Conan. Uh, Conan was great here too. Not, not to mention he had an, uh, an on-screen character who was fantastically done. Did he um, get murdered? I think he got murdered. He did get murdered. I think he got ate by something. Way, I, I know that sounds silly, guys, but you have to give it a shot. You have to watch. You have to suspend disbelief. And realize you're not watching WWF. You're not watching even WCW. You, it's the same thing with the way they've been doing it back in the last couple of years. You're watching a television show that happens to have wrestling in it. I, that's, I know. that's what Lucha Underground is. I know I mentioned this a few times tonight, Mike, and I'm, I'm piling up our workload as it is. But I'm, I'm going to see if we can uh, upload some Lucha Underground to our YouTube page. And I would love to do a watch along. Watch alongs all day long with you, man. I, I don't know. I don't know what the copyright things are going to be. Like I, I can't put up anything WWE on our, our watch alongs, unfortunately, because they just get yanked down immediately. But I'm oh. going to try my best to see if I can get some Lucha Underground up because I think that'd be really cool to do. All right. Um, you'll probably you've probably noticed we've um, we've talked about WCW. Yeah. We've talked 2002. about Yeah. No shit. We've talked about Impact. Yeah. And we talk about Lucha Underground. Yeah. Uh, is there any other companies that I'm forgetting? Uh, oh, uh, I, uh, the AWA? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, Stampede I'm Wrestling here? The, yeah, yes. That, uh, that, that, that uh, electric cage match between uh, Brian Pillman and uh, Bad News Allen. Holy fuck. <laughs> no, we. It's time to move on to some WWF. Okay, F or E? Where are we going here? We're going F. All right. What number are we on? Three. Yeah, number two. Number two. Yes, sir. I missed the number. Holy moly! Number three was uh, Mill Marriages versus Phoenix. I guess the White Claws are taking over, Mike. I love it when it's your list. That's fine. I'm just right. making sure I didn't fuck up. Okay. Yes, right. Number two. <laughs> number two. Number no, two. On. You're on your number yeah. two. I, I'm trying to run through my head now because I've still got a few matches in my head that I haven't heard yet. So, oh, all right. I, yeah. My, like I said, my fucking normal mention was like, like I have to give you, I have to give you some credit because um, you, you said something earlier tonight that uh, was 100% true. I laughed at you when you said that this was going to be a hard list for me. Holy fuck, was this a hard list for me? It, you know what? And it's funny because I said that to you because I couldn't think of matches. <laughs> and you're, no, you're killing it, ready. man. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm blown you. away tonight. Tip my cap to you tonight, sir. All right, let's take a trip to 1996. Hmm? It is in your house, buried alive. I think Jay just got an erection. Our friend of the show, Jay, just got an erection. He most likely did. 
Now, I told you in the beginning of the show, in order to make it higher on the list, you need to have a good storyline. Yeah. You need to have good uh, a good gimmick. Okay. And, and you need to have good psychology and or violence in the match. Yes. This match had it all. I know. And I'm really, I think I might know what your number one is, but I'm really curious as to how this wasn't. This is what I thought was a shoe in for number one. It, one and two fought back and forth for a long time. Okay. I, I feel very confident with the way, with the way I did it. However, I'm, it could go either way. You're really good. Because this this, yep. this checks off all your boxes. This is a great really, fucking match. This is a great fucking feud. And really there's does. nothing more terrifying than being buried alive. Now, my when I started this list, there were three Taker versus Mankind matches on my list. Yeah, you can go a lot of places with this, man. Settle down with one. But if when we get to, we're, we're eventually going to talk about the greatest feuds, the greatest rivalries of all time. Taker versus Mankind is in the conversation for number one. For number one? Taker versus Mankind is one of the greatest feuds in WWF history. Top ten for sure, man. Number one might be a stretch. Top three, easy. Uh, All right. right. I have to do some thinking, man. I'm going to go ahead and say it's Taker's greatest feud. I don't disagree with that. Uh, Second greatest feud, I think. You put Kane ahead? No, I put Sean. Mm, okay. All right. You can't touch what they did, man. I'd still go with Mankind, but okay. Um, but anyways, this this, this match, um, it, it's, oh my God. Take everything they've already done, okay? You didn't think, I didn't think at this time that they were going to be able to outdo what they did at SummerSlam. All right? Because they had that great match at SummerSlam, the Boiler Room Brawl. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think they'd do this. And then they went and they had this this crazy gimmick. And all of a sudden you're like, the only way to win is to bury your opponent alive. It had everything you wanted. And you didn't see the finish coming. There's no way Taker was going to lose this match. And then look what happened. Um, shades of his Royal Rumble loss to Yokozuna, yeah. uh, you know, where it took a lot of people to make him lose. It was the same deal here. A bunch of guys. Who was it? I think there was uh, Triple H. Uh, Bradshaw, uh, Goldust. Uh, yeah. A lot of people came in. Well, and that was moving to that. One, the only downside to this match is it gave us, oh, for the last time we'll see Terry Gordy in the WWF. No, he hung around another month. Well, no, what, what I mean is the last, this is his last program. This was his last real big thing he did. Oh, and it only lasted, what, one match? He, I think he only had one or two matches in the company, yeah. yeah. You, he went on, he had a, uh, a pay-per-view match, whatever the next pay-per-view was. He had a match with uh, Taker, got squashed and left. Yeah. It was bad. Uh, uh, yeah, in your, in your house, it's time, maybe, I want to say. Jay will you, you you might be right. It's in, it's in your house this time. Sid and Brett main evented. It, it was a bad gimmick. It was, and you know, it, it, and let's be honest, I don't know why they even brought him in. Terry Gordy was not in, in, in shape. No, well, he he just had that issue. He had the overdose. He was in a coma, right? Yeah, like, like he was not, 
Terry Gordy was nothing but a shadow of who he used to be. Yeah. And and, and I, I I don't know. Maybe Vince was you know felt for him. Maybe he was doing Michael Hayes a favor. I don't know. That's what I think. That's exactly what it was. But they went and they put this mask on him and, and sent him out, and it was it was bad. I mean, so, Mike, Michael Hayes cut his mullet and became Doc Hendricks. Vince could at least throw a hood on Terry Gordy, right? Very true. Uh, yeah, do do. However, you you know even that wasn't going to ruin this match. Uh, the match itself was great. A lot of false finishes. Um, you know, every time you thought one of them was going to win, it, you know, it got turned around. It was very, 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 very well done. It was, and it was scary being, being a 16 year old kid at the time watching this match. I was, I, I was like, what the fuck is happening here? Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to see someone fucking die tonight. And then, uh, and then the finish when they, 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 they bury the taker and then his hand pops up. Well, I'm sorry. First, the, uh, the grave gets, uh, struck by lightning. And then his hand pops up in the dirt. What a great, iconic moment for The Undertaker. Vince on commentary, too, was so good here. Oh, He's yeah. alive. The Undertaker is alive. Like, man, I know people shit on Vince on commentary. Give me Vince all day long. I couldn't agree with you more. And I'm going to go ahead and bet that uh, Jay, our, our good friend Jay, would agree with us as well. Um, We're I, just like a big I, family I, of fucking agreeings tonight, eh? What's that? I said we're just agreeing on everything tonight. This is weird. It's fucked up to me, but okay. I thought um, for sure I was going to shit on your list this week. Oh, I, I was betting on it. I was totally betting on it. Oh, well, maybe, maybe you'll shit on my number one. Who knows? I might. We're going to go a year back. We've talked 96. Let's go to 95. Hold on, your number one is in 1995. We're we're going to your number one right now. Yes, sir. Oh, I'm already shitting on this then. It's okay. We're talking Taker versus Yokozuna, Royal Rumble 1995. 94. Was it 94? Yeah, it's 94. Well, my fucking bad. But we're still talking about that match. Um, no, wait, hold on. This is your number one. Yes. Now let me just let me justify it. Yeah. I told you one of the criteria was it had to have a great build. This build was phenomenal. It was it was it was good. This, I don't know about phenomenal. We talked hold last. On, wait, week. you know what? Actually, hold on. I gotta cut you off for a sec, Mike, and I apologize. You just said the word phenomenal. Yes. Where the fuck is the Boneyard match on your list, man? It's called, that's called an honorable mention, son. It's called you're on fucking drugs. I take back everything I said about us getting away right now. Getting <laughs> along right now. I take it all back. You're fucked. The Boneyard match isn't even on your fucking list? <laughs> Absolutely not. It wasn't take even. Your, take your human torch and shove it up your fucking ass right now. Fucking man. contender. Did I enjoy it? Did I I enjoy it? Yes, I did. But it it doesn't belong on any lists. Are you insane? Take your human torch and shove it up your ass right now. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Listen, you go back to this fucking build. It was scary as fuck. They had the greatest 
promos leading up to this match. And you mentioned a couple weeks ago, when we were doing our Jake the Snake list, you talked about how imperative it was and how great it was that uh, on the way Andre put Jake over with the snake, right? Yeah. How this big protected, and that's a that's a, an imperative word here. And this protected character in Andre actually showed fear to this snake. Mm-hmm. In my eyes, Yoko, Yokozuna, no one has been that protected since Andre. Uh, okay. I see that unpopular, now, unpopular opinion. And I, when like he, to, I like to casket Matt Shude with Kamala better. I don't think that's going to be an unpopular decision. I, I, unpopular opinion. I, I, I thought about that. I really didn't. That is an honorable mention. And I think some people will agree. And I think there's two kinds of people out there. There's going to be the Kamala casket match people and under and uh, Yokozuna casket match people. I, the right I, and the wrong. That's Okay, listen, you want to know why the Kamala casket program is better than the Yokozuna one? It's because they did the old school uh, um, Mad Dog Vachon vignettes with Taker building Kamala's casket. Yes, that was very cool. Agreed. That's scary as fuck. This guy is literally, he's got like the wood shaver, like hand shaving it. While Paul Bearer is like, oh, you're dead, Kamala. Like, that's fucking scary shit. Yokozuna right, just so, said the word casket to, and he was like, "Oh, I'm so scared." Like this guy's building your casket right in front of you. Like, fuck me. We're putting this out to you guys. We're gonna put this out like a poll or something on our Facebook. What yeah, uh, you you won the last one? We're gonna go to Instagram. You won the last poll on the uh, Randy Orton one. We're I'll gonna put it out there. So, one. Uh, what story do you guys like better, Kamala? Or Yokozuna. Now remember, again, the finish of this match, as cheesy and as campy as it looks now, it was badass in 94. I'm not going to disagree with you. Okay? You know, you want to talk about fucking scary shit. They're fucking carrying off The Undertaker and then he does this fucking weird resurrection thing. It was fucking awesome. Marty Jannetty getting carried up there? Was that Marty Jannetty? Marty Jannetty was fake Undertaker, yeah. I, the, no, the one getting carried to the Raptors. I had no idea. No idea. I know. I think I should try to get Marty on the show. Yes! 100%. Listen, It'll I'm be too, a show. I, I'm too scared to put you guys together. I, the world would end if me and Marty Jannetty get in the same fucking area. Let's be real. Marty Jannetty is probably too weird and fucked up to re- know how to reply to Twitter anyways. <laughs> and knowing what we know about him now, he'll probably try to kill me. Fair. Or have sex with me. <laughs> well, Never why do you look like, like a woman? <laughs> uh, no, I think he only likes them if they're like 17 and relate and possibly related to him. <laughs> Jesus. Our show's gone off the rails tonight. It really has. Do you want to hit some uh, honorable mentions? No, I want to talk about how the Boneyard match isn't on your fucking list. Well, we can talk about that when I hit my honorable mentions where it belongs. All right, you want to just do it? Hold on. Are you going to go down right now and say that that's a fucking classic? Yeah, man, I do. I want to say that the Boneyard match that main evented at WrestleMania should be on your list over Sting and Vampiro. All right, well... 
that fucking mid-carded Great American Bash 2000. Oh, it was it was good. That's not even the best fire match that has happened. How do you not go with one of the like Taker Kane Inferno match or Bray Wyatt? Because the fucking Taker Kane Inferno match was goddamn garbaging. You know it. How about Bray and Kane? That was terrible too. Okay, I, you're I'll right. take my bat on that one. <laughs> take take my bat on that one. All right, listen. Before we move on to your number, before we move on to your honorable mentions, let's talk about your number one because I've shit on it, but I didn't give it any. I'm not saying this is a terrible gimmick. I'm not saying this is a terrible angle. Uh, and the finish was great. They, you know, they they fucking wrote Taker off, and it led to Taker versus Taker, which was a classic of all time. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I I like the spookiness behind it. I could see this being on your list. I don't agree with it being number one. Uh, but I didn't agree with David Arquette being your number one celebrity either. So I think your lists have been good lately. I just think your number ones have not been good. All right. Fair enough. This should uh, be on your list, though. This should be on your list. Okay, so let's hit some animal mentions. And you tell me if any of these should be on my list. All right. Boneyard match. Fine. Boneyard how, match. How did this not uh, make your list? Tell me how this did not make Because list. I, I just didn't enjoy it enough. Now, did you not enjoy it? And like, how did you not enjoy it? It was great. It's yeah, but it's not. It was good. It was really good. It's not going to go down as one of the greatest of all time by any means. And this is just a match. You know, this list is just about cool horror gimmicks. There was nothing special that we hadn't seen before in this match. AJ Styles got buried alive by the Undertaker in a graveyard. Yeah. That's was pretty done, horrifying. It was done better. Fucking his match his match with Vince was better. With who? His match with Vince was better. Well, is that on your own mention? Because Vince no. bled enough. Like a, Vince bled enough that it was probably combined of about four Jason or Freddy Krueger movies. Very true. <laughs> Holy fuck. All right, let's let's start with uh Triple H versus Cactus Jacket No Way Out. Hell in the Cell? Yes, sir. Hold on. Mainly for the violence factor. So we're putting Hell in the Cell matches on the list. Oh, yeah. Uh, honorable uh, mentions. And you didn't have one Hell in the Cell match. You're, you're telling me that Foley Taker or Sean and HBK couldn't have made your list? Because they didn't have enough of the horror element. They had the violence, but that was it. Mick Foley's fucking tooth was through his nose. What kind yeah. of more horror do you need to be? Yeah, but there wasn't a horror aspect to the gimmick or nor to the story. You know what I mean? It only had one thing I was looking for, and that was the violence. What's the horror in the Triple H one, then? Again, that's why it's an honorable mention. It was just for the violence. So the other cell matches are on your list, then? Yes. Okay. I'm shitting on you now. I'm, I'm, I'm fired up. I'm, fi- I'm fired up. I'm fired up. The yeah, Boneyard it, match not being on there threw me for a loop. I'm uh, fired up. Fuck's sake. All right. Try time to get you back on my side. I have uh, from Lucha Underground, Marty the Moth versus Killshot in a Weapons of Mass Destruction match. Oh, that was a good match. Okay, right. right. Great honorable mention. Now, this match, this next match, was on my list the entire time and, and and got cut at the last moment. I still don't know how I feel about it not going on, but this is from. Uh, Ring of Honor's Beating the Odds pay-per-view in 2003, and it was a clockwork orange match between CM Punk and Raven. 
Fair. I man, I I would have not been a, I would not have been opposed to have that on your list either. Yeah, it it, it just didn't make it on, and because there was a bunch of matches, and I'm going to tell you which ones. Moving on, that could have been my number seven, and that was one of them. This was a bloody battle too. Their dog collar match was a bloodbath too. I don't think I've ever seen that. I've seen oh, this one. Good. Ever seen the dog collar match? Yeah. yeah, the dog collar match is good too. Maybe yeah, maybe people, we do a Punk versus Raven watch along trilogy too. People don't remember his his feud with Raven enough, and uh, I I thought it was great. He cut such a good promo, Punk. I don't know if you know the one I'm talking about. He's with Mickey James, and and he just finished a match, and he walked into the backstage, and he was just like, "My dad was an alcoholic. You yes, pissed yeah. away more than I will ever have." Like I, oh man. Yeah, that was a great promo. What a great promo by Punk. Remind me about that when I'm sober tomorrow, Mike, and I, I will, will. Uh, I'll right. post that on something. Uh, moving on to uh, another Lucha Underground match. It was Dante Fox versus Killshot in a hell of war match. I did not see that one. Yeah, I make a point of it. It's great. Um, Kane versus Steve Austin in a first blood match from King of the Ring. Fair. Um, Taker versus Mankind, Boiler Room Brawl. Yeah, Taker versus Mankind, Hell in the Cell. Okay. Um, the Firefly Fun Match from uh, WrestleMania 36. Fun, very fun. Um, a match that uh, eventually one of these days is going to be fucking watched along with your uh, lovely girlfriend Victoria. Cactus Jack versus Terry Funk in the King of Death Finals. I mean. I could see a point for this being on your list also. This match is terrifying. It really is. Um, again, that was one of the ones that I fought with big time. Yeah. And I yeah. think I wanted to go a little bit more gimmicky, but I definitely fought with this match. I'm okay with this not being on the list also, because if you open up the death match aspect of that, it... That, that's it. Like, 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 I was trying to... like, Is this really horror, or is it just a death match? Yeah, you know, I, know. I, 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 I think okay. I, I think that's about the cusp of where it would be. That's like the most mainstream death match, so I'm okay with yeah. that. But and then you're which, opening up a can, right? Which is why the next match didn't make my list. It was originally on my list, and then I realized this isn't horror. It's just a death match, and that's an ECW match. It's Ian Rotten, Ian Rotten versus Axel Rotten in a mm. tie tie match. Taipei Deathmatch. Great the call. Death For match. those of you guys that don't know what a Taipei Deathmatch is, Good both Lord. these guys literally took their hands. This is a shoot, by the way. Mm-hmm. They yeah. took their hands, they dipped them in glue, and then rolled their hands around in broken glass bottles. Mm-hmm. And then they punched each other in the face. They had two of them, right? Did you know that? Yeah. What, two matches? They had two Taipei Deathmatches. Like... Rotten versus Rotten, or two? Yeah, so they had the first one, which is the legendary one from, I believe, 94, 95 era of ECW. Yes. And then when, when the hardcore homecoming shows came around, when Shane Douglas was promoting those. Yeah, they had uh, another one. They had a second one at a November Rain hardcore homecoming event. Oh, shit, I have to look that up. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's not great, but. Um, the next match is the last one that I fought with uh, to go on the list or not. Again, I decided that it was a little less horror, more just deathmatch. But this is, a, this is a match, if you were a fan of uh, my last podcast, The Last Thing Mark, Danny and I talked about this match quite a bit. This is 
from uh, Big Japan Wrestling. And it's Nagasaki versus Mats- Matsunaga. And it's the Piranha Deathmatch. Okay. I can't say I've ever watched this one, but... Uh, Just I've for shits and giggles, you should watch it one day. Fair, fair. Um, speaking of Mr. Uh, Matsunaga, uh, I also have a match with him versus Mr. Pogo in a fire death match. Okay. Um, again, less horror, more just death. And that's all my honorable mentions. Is there anything that, uh, that maybe I forgot? Yeah, I got one for you. Uh, awesome. Uh, from your home promotion, Impact Wrestling, your favorite. Yeah. How about, uh, Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy against, uh, Abyss and Crazy Steen? Oh, the, uh, what they call that? The, it was the tag team, like, deletion match kind of thing. Yeah, and the Rock and Roll Express were in there. Uh, I thought that was yeah. pretty good. You're, you're not wrong. That was the, um, fuck, I can't remember the name of the match. But, uh, yeah, they, they, they did some great. Was that the one where, <laughs> was that the one where Crazy Steve died? I, I think so. Oh. I, I don't remember a lot about it. But... That was the match next where it was the, they had a whole bunch of tag teams involved. Yeah, I can't um, remember exactly, but or some shit like that. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, somebody snapped crazy, crazy Steve's neck, <laughs> and this other guy—I can't remember who it was. It might have been Moose or something like that. And someone's like, "Ooh, that boy did." <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember exactly. You know, I'm not the biggest impact mark, but I do remember it's, this match. It's the same match where Ricky Morton. I'm got stuck up in a <laughs> in a fucking cherry picker. Yeah, I think that's that one. Yeah. Oh fuck, so yeah. good. Um, I find that more comedic than I do scary, but uh, I, I mean, I, I guess they were going for it. Maybe, maybe you go the ultimate deletion match, and with, with Jeff and Matt, maybe you could include that. Well, one. You do need to be talked about. You could even go and talk about the match that Matt had with Bray Wyatt. Absolutely. Um. Bray Wyatt, I'm surprised, didn't make your list anywhere. You know, you had the one honorable mention with Cena. He, he's yeah. had some creepy. He had the one with Orton, that was stupid match. Um, That's the thing. He has a, I, I could do a top seven list of Bray Wyatt matches and be happy. But as far as the gimmick matches that they've tried with him, I, think, I feel like they've dropped the ball in the majority of them. I, I, think, I think you missed one big one. And I think okay. you could make a case to put it on your list. And, and the match is stupid. But the feud has been great. And that's uh, Rey Mysterio against Seth Rollins, eye for an eye. The feud has been great. Um, yeah, I, at the very least, I guess I sh- it should have been an honorable mention. Um, fucking ping pong ball eye, right? <laughs> uh, one more that I have, and I, I can't tell you who two of the guys in this match are, but it's a tag team match from FMW, and it is Sabu and the Sheik against these two guys and it's a fire match where the ropes are on fire but it just goes to shit and the whole ring ends up getting caught on fire it looks terrifying so i put that on my list and uh, uh, that would have been sabu and the sheik versus at atushi onita and tarzan goto that's right you nailed that good for you that's impressive mike holy thank shit you. thank you google i'm impressed right now Either way, uh, that that match was fucking terrifying. That match got out of control real quick. And uh, Hayabusa against um, fuck, I can't remember. 
Tarzan Goto, maybe? No, that's not right. But it was an exploding cage match in, in FMW. And this guy took Hayabusa's gimmick. Um, you might have to help me out with this one on Google as well, Mike. He, he, he started dressing up as Hayabusa. So Hayabusa turned to H. And I, it was like an exploding cage match with Hayabusa. But exploding cage matches are pretty fucking crazy, too. Yeah. yeah. Tarzan, uh, Go, Tarzan Goto, I want to say, is the name. But I, I could be wrong on that. The one last match I want to talk about, and I held off for, for, for a particular reason. Um, we're not going to go into depth because I have a feeling that you're going to talk about it in a couple of weeks on one of your in one of your lists. But I, I, I want to really, really um, quickly talk about a match from uh, the very first Halloween Habit. Absolutely. And that that is the Thunderdome cage match. Yeah, this match is cool, man. And you know what? Let's let's just go ahead and say what my list is going to be next week because we talked off air, obviously. Exactly. So your your list next week is going to be the best main events from Halloween Havoc. Yes, the top seven main events in the history of Halloween Havoc. Which is which is why I don't want to talk too much about this match, just in case that makes your list. Um, and if it doesn't make your list, at least we can talk about it on your honorable mentions. But. Uh, let me tell you the only reason it didn't make my list because the match itself, the build for it really had the aspect to it. The match itself had the aspect to it. The idea that if you can actually make it to the top and over that cage, you're going to get fucking electrocuted made sense. And apparently that was the original finish, but it all fucked up on them. Oh, is that what the finish was supposed to be? It was supposed, there were, there was supposed to be a big explosion when, uh, I believe was I think it was supposed to be Funk or maybe even Muda tried to uh, get out of the ring. There, it was there was supposed to be an explosion. Well, um, I will I will tell you what. Spoiler alert! I'm done my list for next week already. Right. I I have done really well. I'm prepped ahead of it. We will be talking about this match next week. Okay, uh, so we're gonna kind of put a pin in it for now. We'll put a but pin I'll, in it for now. But all I'm saying is the only reason it didn't make my list is because. If if there would have been the theatrics involved that was supposed to be, it probably would have made my well, made we'll, my. List. We'll go ahead and recap it because I I just watched this match uh, yesterday or two days ago uh, as of recording this. I have some fun notes about it. This match was really cool, but uh, I, we will talk all about that electrified gimmick. Um, very fun stuff, and you know, and and anyone that knows that listens to this show knows we both love us some Terry Funk. Well, look, look at this match. Like, we didn't actually put it down there. Uh, th- this match is Ric Flair and Sting versus Terry Funk and the Great Muda. Yeah. And, and thank God uh, um, he was he was allowed to do it, Terry Funk, because uh, I believe the show right before, um, there was a tag match with these guys in as well, but Terry Funk was injured and had to be replaced by Dick Slater. So... The the legend of the from what I've heard about this is all throughout his feud with Flair here, which was a great feud. They had Great American Bash, they had the I Quit match, they had this Halloween Havoc match. I heard Terry Funk had a broken tailbone throughout most of this. I wouldn't be surprised. That and, man was one of the toughest people on the fucking planet, and he just sucked it up and went through it. Like he apparently he couldn't even sit down to go like from town to town on the airplanes. Oof. That's the rumor about it. But we're going to go deep into that next week. I promise you. One spoiler, that match will be on my list. Correct me if I'm wrong. 
this this Thunderdome style uh, cage, right? Yeah. So this is this is very similar to the uh, the big bar cage from WWF. Yes, but it's bigger. And, the bars are and, bigger, and then it's and then it's much bigger, and then the the top of it slants in like a barbed wire fence, so it's harder to get out. Yeah, it's like uh, yeah, you can't. You, you're not supposed to be able to climb out over top. Exactly. Now, correct so, me if I'm and, wrong. And you can walk around the outside of the ring like Hell in a Cell. Yes. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. This is the only time, other than the Chamber of Horrors match, there's been no other Thunderdome matches in WCW, right? Uh, actually, and I, I will talk again about this next week, but 1997's Halloween Havoc was uh, your boy Rowdy Piper against Hogan and the, the exact same cage match with no oh. electricity. I remember that feud. I don't remember that cage. I'm going to have to go back and watch that. Don't. Oh, no. Don't. Trust me. <laughs> we will not be talking about that match in detail next week, everybody. All right. All right. So uh, that that's my list. Those are my honorable mentions. Um, you know what, dude? You, I, I got six out of seven for you. So I'm taking that as a victory. Yeah, you're. You know what? I, I'm. I'm gonna go back and listen to this when I'm about uh, six white claws less than what I was tonight, because I, I might have some disputes for you. But that boneyard match is not on there, and I got a big problem with that. <laughs> That's and okay. Hey, hey, listen, man. Because of me, we had a reason to talk about a whole bunch of Lucha Underground tonight. So Lucha Underground and Vampiro. I'm gonna give you a win over a loss on the list today. Two weeks in a row, I think your number ones have been absolutely trash, though. Putting it out there. All right. And well, we're going to put it out to the community. Kamala or Yokozuna? Which casket match from the start to finish, from the build to the payoff? Which one was better? And I'm surprised you didn't mention 94's casket match because Chuck Norris is scary. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, take us home. We're, I'm, I, I got to get out of here. Take us home. I, uh, I got to get out of here, too. Fucking, I'm going to, my kid's going to wake me up. Oh, fuck, it's three o'clock in the goddamn morning. Yeah, for everyone that doesn't know, we record late at night. It's 3 a.m. Mike has a child, so he's automatically up early. I have a rare day shift tomorrow. Nobody cares about this. No. But uh, take us home before I keep rambling, because I'm drinking. <laughs> All right. Let's do this on... Uh... In behalf of the uh, weirdest, strangest, scariest matches in uh, wrestling history, we have been counted out. Cheers.